And about three years before I was born, which would have been 1968, they decided that they would swap wives sexually. Hello, you are listening to NPE Stories. This is a podcast where NPEs can share their story. I am your host, Lily, and I found out I was an NPE through an ancestry DNA test that changed my life forever. NPE is a term that stands for not parent expected or non-paternal event. This means that one or more of our parents are not who we believe them to be. NPE Stories is a podcast where NPEs can share their story of what their original family was like, how they found out they were an NPE, and what their journey has been like since the day they found out. Welcome to episode 93. I started this podcast because I wanted to listen to stories of people that had gone through the same thing I had gone through, opening their DNA results and finding out their dad was not their dad. It was very consuming in the beginning, and all I could do was go online, go to the different Facebook DNA NPE support groups, and read everyone's stories. And I just really identified with everyone's stories. And so I decided to start a podcast where I could hear people in audio format talk about what happened to them. And so we have wonderful people that contact NPE stories and are willing to share what happened to them. So thank you to all of you that have been emailing me. I know we have a very long wait list right now, um, maybe about 40 weeks of content. I will get to everyone that is being willing to share their story. So thank you. I have someone that has been waiting for about nine months. Um, she may not know she was on the wait list that long, but today we are talking with Lisa P. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Lily. Thank you so much. Uh, you may not know how long it's been, but you contacted me in January. So it's now September. So thank you for still being willing to share your story today. Well, thank you for being willing to record it. You emailed me 10 months ago and you said, boy, do I have a twisted NPE story that I'm ready to share with the world. Do you remember saying that? Yes. <laughs> so I don't, that's all I know is just that one line about your NPE story. So um, thank you for being willing to talk about it. And I don't really have a lot of background for you. But why don't you go ahead and tell me what your original family was like and take it from there? Okay. Well, it really starts about three years before I was born. My parents were best friends with the couple next door, or across the street, actually. And about three years before I was born, um, which would have been 1968, uh, they decided that they would swap wives sexually mm. and um to give a little context my parents had been married for 13 years at that point and had six children my mom had only ever been with my dad 
And then the neighbors had gotten married in 1960 because she was pregnant. So they had been married for eight years and they had three children at that point. And I believe they were probably bored in their marriages. <clears throat> and actually, I don't think that those marriages were good fits for anybody involved in the original marriages. I guess I consider myself a little lucky because I know exactly where I was conceived and when. <laughs> because they had taken, taken a trip to a tourist town in my state. And on the way back, they spent the night at a hotel and they did what they did when they were on vacation together. Hmm. And I was born nine months later. Wow. So according to everybody involved and the siblings and a town that we lived in of 500 people, and they all knew what was going on, um, I was actually supposed to be the neighbor's um, child, even though um, her husband was on my birth certificate. I waited until... 2008, when you could do DNA kits um, through Walgreens, I believe. And in my state, we don't have a Walgreens. So I had a friend who was going home to visit her family in Tennessee, pick me up uh, the kit. And I asked um, my mother and um, the neighbor to test, and they were willing to. I couldn't ask my my birth certificate father because he had passed away. And um, I was fairly sure of what the results were going to be. And they were exactly what I thought they were going to be. Um, and it turned out that my birth certificate father was actually my biological father. Really? Yes, but because everybody thought that I was the neighbors. Um, I was raised as if I wasn't, which included being ostracized and isolated and um, very poorly treated by the six siblings I had in that family because they thought I was the neighbor's kid. And, um, and it, what was interesting is that when in 1970. Eight, I believe my parents got divorced. And in 1979, the following year, uh, the neighbors got divorced. And then in 1980, my mom married the neighbor. So he became my stepdad. So I grew up thinking, and along with everybody else, that my stepdad was actually my biological father. Oh, wow. And when I did the testing, I, I was already in my 30s. Um, I just needed, want, really wanted to know for sure which medical issues that I needed to watch out for as I aged. And, um, and it came back as I'm my dad's. And I thought that was very ironic being treated like shit my entire life for no good reason. You were ostracized and treated terribly by your, you know, these family members. And here all along, your birth certificate father was your biological 
father. Yes, yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. And and part of the reason why I think, especially my mother's other daughters, um, I don't call them my sisters. They've never acted like a sister. And so they're just my mother's other daughters to me. Um, they, part of their problem was that my mom treated me as her favorite because she thought I was her love child. Mm. And so, um, to be treated as a favorite in that many children in the family and, um, especially I guess for, for the girls in the family that, that. That was terrible for them. They didn't like it. I even asked one of them one time why they took it out on me when I was an innocent child. I didn't ask to be born into any of this. And she said, because of the way mom treated you. Oh. I'm like, okay. And then um, I also asked her, I said, well, why blame mom only for what all four of them agreed to do at the suggestion of my dad. And she said, because mom flaunted him in front of us and then ultimately ended up marrying him. And they have actually been married now for 41 years. I mean, it's definitely a better match for my mother. And my dad dated his ex-wife until he died. And that was definitely a better match. But unfortunately, when they found each other, they were already married to other people with children. Yeah. And what bothers me probably the most in um, listening to other people's stories and reading other people's stories that find out later that they are product of an affair is that the people conducting the affair think it's just between them, like, you know, they acted like this whole thing was just between the four of them and only affected them. And they don't understand the effect that they um, have on their children. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I've been married twice. The first marriage was to somebody who was um, abusive and uh, mentally and um, emotionally. And I think it was because I was abused mentally and emotionally my entire life by my siblings. Hmm. But at the same time, I was not going to step out on him because I was not going to do that to my children. I wasn't going to have them bear the... um, baggage that I would have created for them by doing that. And also, I think that's one of the reasons why secrets, even if they're open secrets, just not never talked about, but everybody knows is something that is abhorrent to me because I know the damage it causes. Hmm. I have like four questions, but I don't want to interrupt your story. That's okay. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. Oh, no, I haven't heard this one before. And I've spoken with many NPEs. So, okay. First one. Are you the youngest on both sides? Were you the last kid that was born? 
Well, here's another little twist in 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 here. Um, I am the youngest of my mother. Uh, she had eight of us total. One did not survive, so we grew up as seven. Um, eight months after I was born, the neighbor lady had a child. Oh, so he is eight months younger, and he is absolutely my dad's. My my dad and my mom have or had three boys and then my dad fathered the last boy which is actually my half brother and he's the one that looks the most like him so he's the one that the only one that does not carry my dad's last name but looks exactly like him acts like him mannerisms are all the same okay hold on your half brother was born to, um, I'm going to go with the couples back then, to yeah. your your neighbor yes. dad, dad. And was is that half-brother really your neighbor? Now your stepdad. Your neighbor dad's son? No, he's actually oh. my dad's. My birth certificate dad oh, that weird. I found out later was actually my dad. So when they swapped, they really did like create children, or at least on one side. Yes. Yes. My dad has, this might be a little vulgar, but my dad has very good swimmers evidently. No. Yeah. I understand that. I've heard this before. Okay. So did they then raise, and that's, well, that's a whole nother NPE situation. Your half brother was raised after the wife swap, but it was raised in your neighbor's family as the neighbor wife and your, the neighbor dad's child, correct? Correct. Correct. Yes. Okay. Yes. With the mother. Okay. I get it. Yes. Wow. Yes. And so I've mm. known all the players in this my entire life. There wasn't anybody for me to go find, you know, siblings or anything because my mother married the neighbor man. So his four children that he's mm. on their birth certificates are my step siblings, but the last one's actually my half brother. So we are talking about a total of 10 children, 10 more lives that these four people basically screwed up. Oh, that's so unfair. For yes, because my, my, and so my younger half brother, who's only a few months younger than I am, is related genetically to 10 siblings. Hmm. He has no full siblings. And um, we're all kind of messed up in our own ways. He's not ready to talk yet. Um, When I did the DNA test and I told him, he said, well, I guess I don't need a DNA test. All I have to do is look in the mirror. And I said, "Uh, yeah. What did your... Okay, let me get this right. Your birth certificate father, who you actually found out was your bio dad. Was he alive when you found out? Were you able to tell? No, no. Uh, he died. He had a heart attack when I was 22. Um, and I never got the nerve to confront him. So I had a lot of anger after he died. I was very mad at him for dying because I missed my chance to confront him about the situation. Did he treat you? you do you feel he treated you differently as well? No, actually, it probably would have been better if he would have, because uh, 
which you know sounds crass, but he he my dad um was one of the nicest guys you ever wanted to meet would do anything for anybody, but to be his child, he demanded a lot he you know i the best example I can give you is one that i that I tell a lot when I talk about who my dad was um when they were divorced, I would send him my my um, report cards in the mail because he lived in a different city, or, or I would call him and let him know what my grades were. And so I was on the phone with him, and I let him know I had all A's and one B. And he paused for a minute, and he goes, well, what happened with the B? Why isn't that an A? Mm. It was never, oh, good job. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he, he expected a lot out of his children. He expected them to be um, upstanding citizens and um, forthright and hardworking. And um, yet he was, he basically at one point, I think, was leading a double life. But, you know, we always had to be better than anybody else in the neighborhood. Mm. He had these high expectations for you. Yes. Sounds like he was pretty hard on you at times. Yes. Yeah, so if he would have treated me like I wasn't his, maybe I wouldn't have gotten that. <laughs> hmm. But um, no, he, you know, for years I felt lucky because there are a lot of people out there who grew up with absolutely no dad. And I had two men treat me as their own child, hmm. um, which is looking on the bright side of things and ignoring what was happening with the siblings. I see. So very, so here you had two fathers in your life, but yes. the sibling, the siblings are, it sounds like there's a lot of really hurtful situations going on with your siblings. There is. Who is on your birth certificate? Remind me again, which dad is it your, well, I guess you, we called him your birth certificate father. So they didn't put the neighbor dads on your birth certificate. No, no. no. Um, okay. This was 1971, and mm. uh, they were married. So, of course, he went on the birth certificate. Of course. Okay. Yeah. And then he ended up being my biological father, although I was raised as if my stepdad, who was originally the neighbor. Yeah. Um, I was raised as if I was his. Uh, when I confronted my mother, it's funny, I was 17. Um, and I came home late. I missed curfew and she was waiting up for me and she was mad, of course. Um, and she started to yell at me and my answer was, well, who the hell is my dad? In which she immediately started to cry and said, I don't know. And, um, and I told her at that point, I said, too bad um, abortion wasn't legal at the time because you probably should have abort aborted me. And when I, when we did the DNA, she was excited about it. Um, and I had asked her that night when I confronted her, I said, what did the two of you do? Look at me while I was laying in the crib thinking what a wonderful 
wonderful being you had made. And, and she admitted that, yeah, that's what she and the neighbor man would do. And, uh, when we did the DNA test, they, they were kind of excited about it. Um, and I didn't tell them right away what the results were. I had gotten the results um, probably about a month before she finally asked me if I got the results. And I said, yeah, I got the results. And I said, and I'm my dad's. And she said, that's what I thought because you didn't give the neighbor guy who was now my stepfather mm-hmm. a Father's Day card. Oh. And I said, that had nothing to do with it. I honestly forgot. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I sent him a nice card and thanked him for raising me as his own. But uh, then that kind of opened up a dialogue with my mother in which she admitted that it bothered her about how tall I had gotten because my dad was six foot three. Mm. Um, my stepdad, the neighbor man, yeah. was only five nine okay. and I'm six feet tall. Oh. Mm-hmm. So that bothered her. Mm-hmm. And um and I said, well, my cheekbones aren't on anybody else. I've I, there's nobody in the family that has my cheekbones until I was looking at an old picture of my dad's mother and it's her cheekbones. So I'm like, how could you not figured this out when I was before I even started to grow because these are very prominent cheekbones. <laughs> and that's why I thought that I was probably my dad's when I saw that picture in my 20s. Mm-hmm. But I wanted the DNA done, like I said, for medical reasons. I wanted to make sure that I knew which medical problems to look out for. Yeah. Because and- by the time that I had the DNA test done, I had lived with this. Like I said, I was in my mid-30s. I had lived with this my entire life. So at that point, I was okay with whatever the result was. But I would be lying if I didn't smile when I saw that there was no way he could be my father. Mm. I had told one of my mother's other daughters, the same one that I had the conversation with about why they took it out on me when I was innocent and didn't ask to be born into this. When I told her what the results were, and she was the only one of my mother's other daughters that I told my brothers know, but she was the only one I told the other two are so horrible that I didn't think they deserved it. And I quite frankly was keeping it in kind of my back pocket to to whip out at them and <laughs> when the time rose, like when I mm-hmm. yeah. came in late and my mom was yelling at me and I asked her who my dad was. It's kind of, you know, yeah, it's kind of what I was going to use on them. Um, and I didn't get the whole sentence out that about what the results were when she interrupted me and said, I'm not going to tell anybody, which I thought was weird at the time, 
But in retrospect, looking at back at that, I believe she really meant she was not going to tell the other two girls because that would have just made them more angry. Mm. Um, the one closest to me in age, I believe, um, uses it as a solace for her. Well, at least she isn't really um, a full sibling. And I don't believe she knows to this day that, yes, we really are full siblings. Uh. Um, I cut off all contact with those three women about three years ago. So some of them may still think you're their half sibling. Correct. Isn't that funny? I've run into so many situations where people can just turn off the love and empathy for their sibling if they think they're only a half versus a full. I mean, not always, but it's it's right. It's really right, but easy for them to be really cold and terrible. I mean, in some cases, right. But with these three women, it they've always been cold and terrible. <laughs> So, um, and I thought at first, when I first got the results before I had told the one, um, that it would make a difference. And I was kind of excited about telling her. And when I got the reaction I got, um, I realized that nothing was going to change. So it didn't matter what the results were. Yeah. They were always going to hate me. Does their hatred extend to your stepdad, your mother remarrying her or marrying her affair partner, your stepdad, or is it just to you? No, it's to him. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I said, I cut contact with them three years ago, which means I don't go to any family functions that they are at. Mm -hmm. But uh, Christmas Eve, Thanksgiving, um, Fourth of July is always a big one because my mother was born the day after the Fourth of July, um, where everybody or Mother's Day. Mother's Day is another big one. So three to four times a year, just about everybody, if not everybody, gets together, and and the neighbor man, of course, is there because he's now married to my mother, but they don't talk to him. They treat him like he's a piece of furniture. They don't interact. Um, and in that, you know, for my mother's other three daughters, that extends to their husbands. My husband is the only one that will sit and talk with him. My children are the only ones that will sit and talk to him. I am the only one that sits and talks to him. Mm. Um, my dad has been gone for 28 years. And my mother has been married to her second husband for 41 years. Wow. And it doesn't change. Wow. I mean, I think about this and it drives me crazy because this they were best friends. They did everything together and then some as we are <laughs> going through the story. But... So my dad found value in the kind of person that the neighbor man was. And my dad has been gone a long time, but they can't let it go. They can't see him for who he is. And he is a good guy. 
but they never give them a chance. Oh, that must make for an uncomfortable family affair. Well, what's funny is my current husband's the one that pointed it out to me. I never noticed. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. It had always been that way. So I didn't even think about it. You didn't even. Yeah. You're like, that's just how life has been with my siblings. Yeah. And and he's Mm -hmm. the one who said, why doesn't anybody talk to him? (laughs) And I'm like, what do you mean? Gosh. Mm. What did your stepdad do when he found out you weren't his? Was he sad? Um, I don't know. He didn't. We didn't have a conversation about it. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I sent him a really nice card, like I said before, and um, he never said anything mm-hmm. after that card. And we still have never said anything. Mm. <laughs> There's a lot of not saying anything in my family. Oh my gosh, Lisa, do I know that one? <laughs> Weird. Yep. Sometimes there's certain family members for some reason, healthy or unhealthy, you just, well, more likely unhealthy. You just don't talk about certain things with them. I get that. Well, I, you know, I wonder what kind of emotional damage being married to my mother for 41 years and having her children ignore you has done to him. Yeah. Yeah, I already going into a lot of uh, holidays kind of dreading some of the interactions. I can't imagine being like, I'm about to be ignored by six to 10 people for the next day. Uh, it was more like 25 to 35 people because oh. we're talking about everybody's children too. Oh my gosh. Oh, just talk about the dysfunction. Oh, yeah. A lot of people will be understanding that one though, especially when it comes to. DNA surprises and NPE type situations. And yours is incredibly unique because you have this wife swap situation that created some children and, and it confused the paternal, you know, who's, who's the true paternity. And that's really, that's sad that it had to take so many decades to find out um, what had been suspected for so long. Well, in fact, that was wrong information in your case, wasn't it? Yes. Yes, but, you know, I honestly, if even from the beginning, especially with the oldest, because the oldest one is one of my mother's other daughters. She was 15 when I was born. So even if we take out the, the assumption that I was the neighbor's, biological kid and just was, you know, pretend that part didn't happen. She was so embarrassed. Her mother was pregnant again. And there Mm -hmm. were so many in between Mm -hmm. that I don't know if it would have made a difference with her, but the one closest to me in age, who is the one that's the most venomous when it comes to me, it might have made a difference for that one, but it sure as heck was never going to make a difference for that oldest one. Mm, that must have been so hard on you when you were a little girl to have to be treated this way. I mean, we hear ourselves, you know, as adult voices talking, but we forget that at one point we were kids being ostracized and treated poorly. 
Um, yeah. When we lived in that small town of 500, because when my mother remarried the neighbor man, of course they moved. <laughs> but when we were still living in that small town of 500 and we had seven children in the house and there were only four bedrooms, I um, shared a room with the one that was closest in age to me. And uh, evidently we fought so much that my mother moved a cot, my toy box, because I was in second grade, and my dresser into the bathroom. Now, this was a really old house. So they In really, really old houses before plumbing, when they put plumbing in, they would just use the smallest bedroom. So she kind of partitioned it off and I lived in the bathroom until we moved to the new town. I was there for, I think a year and a half or two years. And I asked my mother about it and she's like, well, I couldn't stand the fighting anymore between you and this sibling of mine. And I start to think about it and I don't remember those fights. And I think I blocked them because they were so bad. Mm. Gosh, Lisa. And I didn't think living in the bathroom, having my room in the bathroom was, uh, was odd. And I kind of liked it because I had my own room. (laughs) And, And what's funny is that when my oldest daughter was in college, she had a creative writing class. And she used that, (laughs) among other things of my past, in her creative writing. Sometimes she, you know, sprinkle some real truth in there of my life. And in these creative writing classes, once you write something, then everybody else reads it and critiques it. And every single time she put anything that was true about my real life growing up, everybody in the class would say, this would never happen in real life. You know, you need to take this out because, because this would just never happen in real life. And she'd go, well, actually it happened to my mom. Mm. Isn't that funny? And here you thought it was just like not even a big deal and normal when you're a kid, but not until you're an adult and you have people's reactions to it that you're like, oh my gosh, this, that was Yes. <laughs> Now, Lisa, if people wanted to get in touch with you or talk to you, would they be able to do that? Yes. Um, I love the idea of being able to help somebody. Um, But if anybody does want to get in touch with me, I don't sugarcoat anything. And I will say right straight out what I think. (laughs) So they're welcome to get a hold of me, but know that I'm very blunt. Got it. You are direct. No, no secrets with you. I get it. No secrets. That that's one of the worst things in the world for me. I think. Yeah. After what you've been through your whole life, I can understand why how important honesty is to you. Yes. To all of us. Okay, Lisa. I will put your email in the show notes for anyone that's interested in getting in touch with you. And is there anything else you wanted to share today? 
a good example, the only fight I can remember with this sibling that's closest to me in age is when she yelled at me for being the only one of the seven of us born in an odd year and all the rest of them were born in an even year. And I remember thinking how ridiculous this fight was. And I reminded her of the sibling that had passed away only three days after he was born, was also born in an odd year. And she said, that doesn't count. He died. And I thought, what a horrible thing to say. Because he did count, especially for my mother. And when I related the story to her decades later, she just laughed. And I thought, how inappropriate. Mm. She has allowed this dynamic to go on my entire life when she had the power to change it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you feel that your mom allowed your siblings to treat you so poorly when they when she could have corrected them or taught them how to treat you kindly? Absolutely. I, um, in high school, would ask her about different things when I was little, and she would, her answer, her standard answer, and it is the worst sentence in the world, and I hate it more than anything. You could call me every name in the book, and then some, but to tell me when I asked you why you didn't do something, To then tell me I was tired. Because to me, that's not what she was saying. When she said the words, I was tired, what it really meant was, you're not worth it. And I can't be bothered. You don't matter. You're not enough. You're a burden. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I got that a a lot. And that, and I often wonder if it was because by that time she had realized who my biological father was. And so I wasn't this great love child, shiny penny of hers anymore. Hmm. Seven, you were the um, seventh, her, this her seventh child? I was technically her eighth child. She had oh, lost yeah. one child when... He was just three days old, so she technically gave birth to eight children. Oh, wow. I can't even imagine um, how much how much you need to be able to give to have that many children. Well, I always joked that they were just very Catholic and horny. <laughs> um, it was something I, I just realized in the last year is that um, when I talked to her, because we had several conversations after after the DNA came out and stuff, um, and I asked her different questions about my childhood and, and her being married to my dad. And she, being Catholic, the only birth control you can use is called the rhythm method, which means you need to count your days of your cycle. And know which days that you could possibly get pregnant and then abstain. 
and how the two before me got here was that my dad talked her into having sex. And she knew she had a chance of getting pregnant. And she said no, and he promised not to have an orgasm. And so she gave in, and they had sex, and he did have an orgasm. And then um, a child was born. Mm-hmm. Well, um, about a year, a little over a year later, Again, she says, we can't, I could get pregnant. He talked her into it. And the second one was born. And that's the one that's closest to me in age. And she was really angry, I think, with herself for for falling for it again and getting pregnant again. But in telling me this story, I didn't put it together until later that that means that she must have known she could get pregnant when she got pregnant with me. And maybe that vacation was scheduled specifically so she could get pregnant by the neighbor man because by that time she was in love with him. Oh, the affair had started before that, you think? Oh, it was three years that they oh, were yeah. swapping before three I years was born. Yes. Okay. The, you know, the, this was a long-term relationship before I was even born. And then it makes me wonder if the neighbor lady did not get pregnant with her son that was born several months later, but within a year of me, if she then, because my mother got pregnant and she decided she needed to get pregnant so that they were all on an even playing field, you know? Wow. I, I'm trying not to pass judgment. It's just a world. I really, the, (laughs) the, the swinging, the, the wife swapping, it's just, I'm, I'm learning so much about this. Well, you (laughs) got to remember what we're talking about, like 1968 when they Mm. started this and, That was a big thing then, Mm. you know, open marriages or swinging or anything like that. There was a famous movie that came out around that time about it. And I, and I think, and that part I get that I've, I've read a bit about the about polyamory more modern day anyway, it's the having the children with different partners and how do you determine paternity? That's the part that I'm trying to wrap my brain around or at least be open about it. Or be open. Um, mm-hmm. I got pregnant with my very first child when I was 19. I mean, part of my baggage and part of being screwed up was from all of this was um, the very self-destructive streak I had in high school and, and, and beyond. And I will always tell everybody that my oldest child saved me. Mm-hmm. When I got pregnant with her at 19, I stopped a lot of the things that I was doing because I had this child to take care of. Mm-hmm. And I had her when I was 20. I met my first husband when I was 21. And, um, and right before she was three, my first husband adopted her. And one of my mother's other daughters asked me if I was going to tell her. 
And I couldn't believe that was even a question. Of course, she was going to always know who her biological father was. Mm. I would never keep that big of a secret from my child. Yeah. And I, you know, I did pass judgment on my mother for that. Mm-hmm. For a long time. But when you've lived with this for so long, you learn to let that kind of stuff go because it doesn't serve a purpose. There's lots more things that I can be angry at my mother about than that. <laughs> Lisa, thank you so much for sharing all of this today. I followed you even with all the um the side players in it and the the change of the fathers. I followed you your story you explain it very well. Oh, thank you. Well, a lot yeah. of people get confused. I didn't. I the only reason I kept repeating stuff was just for the listener's benefit. You um you explain it very well. And um thank you. I'm I hope it wasn't uncomfortable for you explaining it because you did a great job of explaining all of that. And I really appreciate you sharing all of this today. Well, thank you. And no, I wasn't uncomfortable at all. I mean, I could probably fill several hours, several days worth of stuff. <laughs> I I bet with all, I'm like, we didn't even really get into with all of your um, siblings and and your mother and the other family members. I believe it. Yeah, well, you know, and it has messed all of us up in different ways. I do have a brother who has three children, um, all born the same year, one in May, one in July, and one in October. I'm just grateful that he decided to go ahead and get a vasectomy that December. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So so different, obviously different mothers. Yes, but obviously (laughs) that was something that had to do with what was happening to him with mm. him when he was a child. Cause he was nine when I was born. Mm-hmm. So he was aware of what was happening. Yeah. That's confusing when you see relationships modeled that way, I would think. Right. And um, I, I should add too, we talk about his bumper crop. That's how we talk about <laughs> that year <laughs> because, you know, I'm in North Dakota, so we're farmers or farming community. I'm the first uh, generation raised off the farm. Both of my parents were raised on farms, including my stepfather. Um, <clears throat> but uh, he was married to somebody else that whole year that he had these three kids with three different women. Oh, none of them his wife. Really? Wow. Yeah. So you know that that had to affect him. And then mm-hmm. I could tell other stories about how it has affected the other siblings. Mm-hmm. It, it's um, it's really quite something. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what bothers me the most when people do this. I mean, I had the DNA done with my oldest child for, you know, so there was never any doubt she could see in black and white who her biological father was. She has always known his name. She is going to be 30 on October. Um, She has never met him. She doesn't want to, which is fine, but she's always known. So it's normal for her. Yeah. When you take somebody who is 20, 30, 50, whatever age they are, when they find out you explode their world. 
crises. I don't know how old you were when you found out, but mm-hmm. don't you think it would have felt okay and normal had you always known? Exactly. Or if even the possibility, if it had just some inkling, but it was just, just traumatizing finding out as an adult. Exactly. Why would you want to put your child who you have decided to have, who you've made a vow to you and whatever, how, uh, to that child and whatever higher power you believe in to protect that child and raise that child? Why would you inflict that kind of pain? Why would you be so thoughtless? Yeah. Great questions. As you can tell, I'm yeah. still kind of angry about some things. <laughs> Lisa, that's, there's, there's, you know, feelings are feelings. And um, we have a safe space here to talk about how we feel. Yes. I, myself included, this is, this is the truth of our situations. So yeah, thank you for being so vulnerable and talking about them. Thank you. These stories are here for us to identify with. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, email npestories at gmail.com. You do not have to give any identifying information. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, I'd like to hear from you. Subscribe to this podcast to hear more. Come heal with us.